Welcome to the Bible Idiots Podcast, also known as No Apology with the Bible Idiots. It's Thursday, and we are excited to bring you this wonderful, wonderful show. <laughs> Thank you, Lawrence Welk. <laughs> Just be a bubbles really, flying around right now. Really big show. Wonderful. A really big wonderful shoot. show. Uh, I sometimes somehow the emergency brake just got pulled in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why. I, I did I, not know your brain yeah. even had a brain. If the road was wet, we would have been doing an emergency <laughs> emergency brake power slide. You remember how you could do that in the old rear wheel drive Vegas? No, and I didn't stuff? do. I didn't do oh, stuff like that. Parking no. lots were so I much fun. I was an astute driver. Welcome to the Bible Idiots Podcast. We're glad you're here. It's Thursday today, and uh, I just want to bring a little bit of the Word of God to you a little bit later awesome. in the program. I don't know where I'm going to go in the scriptures because I don't oh. know what Emily's got planned. It's Thursday, which I'll means it's you. her content. Yeah, what do you I'll got? Help you. Well, it's like it's we need a we need a you know I love themes, and you love to car compartmentalize things as well we have to have like a flabbergasted thursdays or something where we just bring the outrageous things that people are doing uh to the forefront of of that day and like how about taking names how about thoroughly confused (laughs) thursdays Who's on our thoroughly confused Thursday list today? When uh, we did radio together, morning shows and syndicated radio shows, we always name stuff. Yeah, it's fun to do that. And when you name stuff, it's easy to go back to it. And if you have regular audience, which most people you know, slowly build, between that regular audience and yourself, you have this connection where you can just say, hey, it's the rush hour riddle or whatever, and everybody knows what's yeah, coming. Yeah. You know? But you, a lot of the talking heads out there, uh, the Rush Limbaugh's, the Laura Ingram, you know, they had like... A, an award for whoever said the dumbest thing of the week and then they'd be they'd they'd give that award out every once in a while and so maybe Thursday should be the day where we give where we give that award today though that award would go to none other you know her you love her for all her stupid blunders Maxine Waters have oh you, Maxine have you heard what did Trump call her he called her low IQ Maxine yeah yeah she doesn't say the brightest thing I think it was her that said we need to make bullets safer no 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 that was the attorney that was the uh the medical person the uh, okay. Medical general. What do they call okay. that? Attorney general. No, no, no. Or what? surgeon general. Surgeon general. Yeah. She was the surgeon general back during the Clinton administration when she said, we can make oh, bullets, safer. bullets safer. Yeah, it wasn't okay. Maxine. But Maxine. Well, she gets an award too. <laughs> what Maxine did is she became the permanent spokesman for the Democrats' anti-bullying campaign. <laughs> Did she really? No, but oh. I mean, do you, don't you remember when she was on national news telling telling you better you better support this party by going out and bullying Republicans oh, yeah. and Trump supporters wherever you find getting them at face. restaurants, get in their face, tell and, them they're not welcome yeah. anywhere. And so that's my joke is that Maxine Waters would be the spokesperson for their anti-bullying campaign. It's like these people are very very sad in their approach, and they need our prayers, and we need. To find a way to not have them in power, even in any governmental thing. Again, there goes my mouth falling down the stairs. You can imagine my uh, confusion because leave it to this administration, they would totally put that person in What did they give Maxine the, the right to do now? Okay, so what Maxine did now is we're watching the unfortunate shooting that took place in Minnesota, the, what, third, fourth, fifth one so far. Uh, social justice warriors out in the street, rioting, looting, burning, doing all that stuff. Maxine Waters comes out and says she actually tells the protesters to, quote, get more confrontational 
uh, over this trial, over this this event, tragedy that's happening in, in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. So she's telling people to literally get more confrontational, to get more violent, to get more crazy even though our cities are burning isn't it amazing we are seeing such an uptick since the first of the year mm-hmm. in mass shootings we're seeing them all over well, the United I have States. I have some friends on Facebook who are basically trying to say I don't know if it's legit or not but they're saying that the Democrats are actually sending out shooters Oh, really? They're sending shooters out to Kenosha, yeah. Wisconsin, and to, to other scare places. People yeah. into the into this pushing for gun control. Fear is their number one yeah. motivator, and and yet Christians, you are told to fear not. Remember that. Just yeah. keep that in the back of your mind. Now, here's the good thing. You know, God is so good because you you get a headline like that where Maxine Waters is spouting off, but then if you know where to look, you can find the counter that encourages you. And I did that. So one of the things that Chris and I do is we get the Epoch Times. It's a wonderful little weekly newspaper. I call it the Epic Times, but they do themselves call it Epoch. So how can I be right if they're telling me I'm wrong? (laughs) You're not right. But it's the Epic Times. That's that's what I call it. Or the Epoch Times. Well, what does Epoch mean? What does it matter? Epic means something, even though they don't spell it (laughs) E-P-I-C. Okay, somebody needs a dictionary for Christmas or a thesaurus. Yeah, (laughs) but anyway, wonderful little article in a recent issue uh, is by Michael Walsh, and the title of it is "A Woke Minority Has Seized America." And the reason that you know you might not think, well, that doesn't sound encouraging, but it really is because he really eloquently and thoroughly, exhaustively describes exactly what's going on. He does so very concisely. It's like my brain got wrapped around it. And there was actually one quote within the article that really stuck out because he's talking about uh, wokeism and social justice and progressivism, and he calls it what it, e- what it is. He says progressivism is a destructive philosophy of resentful losers. That's what it is. There are people who say, you have something that I don't have that makes me mad and and, and it's destructive. They, they don't, oh, I want to go get that for myself and figure out how to do it. They blame the person who has it. Likewise, uh, he refers to social justice as nothing more than punitive fascism. And that's what it is. That's really what it is. We have to punish. We have to punish. There's a penalty to be paid. Uh, Forgiveness, and this is what I've just noticed personally, forgiveness is not a part of their vocabulary. No, absolutely not. It is not a part of the vocabulary. And so much so that they even turn on each other, even their most ardent supporters. Mm -hmm. One tiny little misstep in something that they don't like, and they will turn around, they'll, they'll, they'll stir, throttle they'll them throttle too. Throttle them, exactly. But the, here's the quote, and he's talking about this wokeism. Mm-hmm. He says, The suicidal impulse to destroy becomes even more powerful than the urge to create. Absolutely. And he's getting to the the core of the human being right there. It's what's going on in the heart of men. And he and he's talking about, you know, the normal person and and we're not talking about just liberals and conservatives here. We're just talking about the average normal healthy minded person. Mm-hmm. 
desires to create. They have a natural God-given desire to create. It doesn't matter what it is, whether you're building a house or planting a garden or raising kids or whatever your vocation is. But what happens in that depraved mind when we when we sink down into wokeism and social justice, now the desire becomes opposite of that. It becomes the desire to destroy. And that's what we're looking at with the rioters and the looters and Maxine Waters telling people to get more confrontational. They're trying to tear it down. You, we rewind not that long ago when Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was talking about overcoming and and there was something inspiring about it and there was there was a coming together and I and we're not going to fight evil with evil we're not going to fight violence with violence as peaceful people we will overcome Mm -hmm. that mentality is gone it is gone yeah and 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 even when Malcolm X opposed Martin Luther King Mm -hmm. and said we should instead because they would sing you know we shall overcome and they'd lock arms and Malcolm X said uh you should be swinging instead of singing and he got a huge ovation when he spoke in Detroit and in Philadelphia and in those places using that line and the reality is is that we have to try to err on the side of love and being passive as much as we possibly can but there comes a day when evil must be confronted and they are pushing the envelopes they are trying to pick a fight and we need Jesus to come back soon Um, and, and you say Chris why do you feel that way? Because my country is falling. In fact, let's just be honest. The country's gone. It, yeah. it fell. It's In fact, part of what back. Emily's talking about right now with this woke steamroll, uh, what's the headline again in the Epic oh, Times? A woke minority has seized America. It has. It's seized America. It, it's got control. They have come out in many different areas and said, we won the culture war. Christianity is dead. Anybody who believes in Christianity, they're the losers on the block and the majority will throttle them. And even though they're a minority, they know they can get the majority to go with them through simple branding techniques and using fear and using influence of taking away money and comfort and the majority of people and some of those people in that majority actually call themselves Christians. They know they'll go along with it. That's the tragedy why we all must come back to Jesus at such a time as this. That's why we want to volunteer our time to do a podcast. And you call me a Bible idiot. I don't care. The Bible's true. And we want you to know it. And I got a scripture to back it up. Awesome. Well, fear is a very motivating tool. I mean, let's just be honest. It's an incredibly motivating tool. And yet Christ says, fear not, fear not, fear not over. Okay, so how how do you do that? And now all of a sudden you have to, you find yourself, you have to be striving towards something to find that thing, like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., to overcome without retaliating, without, you know, repaying evil for evil, but rather repaying evil with good. Well, there's two different scriptures that lead into this scripture I want to give you, and it's all out of Matthew 13. Matthew 13 has eight parables from Jesus, okay? Mm -hmm. Incredible chapter. I preached on it. It was part of our long-form teaching Wednesday recently. But the parable of the hidden treasure in the field, Mm -hmm. and then the parable of the pearl of great price, precede the parable of the net. 
And a lot of people don't know the parable of the net. But when you look across the landscape and someone says, you're going to be on the wrong side of history, understand it's a temporary, it's a temporal history that's going to fade away. And God's history is going to remain. Stay close to Jesus for such a time as this. In fact, I've, I've also done the sermon that if you know Jesus, you can't get any closer and he holds you in his grip. You can only grow in him right. and you can only experience more of his blessings and more of the joy and the peace that comes from him. But anyway, back to the parable of the net. It says this in verse 47, red letters, Matthew 13. Again, this is Jesus talking. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers but threw away the bad so it'll be at the end of the age the angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace and in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth the reality is is that the righteous didn't conjure up their own righteousness. Right. They submitted to Jesus Christ at the foot of the cross. They transferred that trust. They turned to Jesus. They looked to Jesus as the only possible way they could be saved and they just trust him for that salvation and that's when you become born again that's when that that transference takes place and then he starts a good work in you that you could never conjure up yourself anybody else is lost and without hope we see people all the time that run in christian circles they speak christianese and then they have this public falling away well they never fell forward to begin with because it was always the cool jesus stuff along with this that and the other thing trying to marry culture and you just can't do it come out from among her says the scriptures now's the time for you to stand firm and that means humbly in jesus he gives you strength final thoughts emily we got to roll you know when i hear jesus uh or i read about how jesus tells us over and over to fear not fear not fear not uh the thing that that tells me is that we are as christians going to be in situations that rational people would begin to fear uh be very fearful yeah <laughs> you, know, you wouldn't say fear not if there was nothing to be fearful of right and so he's wanting us to overcome the those circumstances so how do we know if we are following in the right direction or we're falling into the same pattern as those that we don't want to become I'm going back to Michael Walsh, that wonderful quote in his article that that I was talking about earlier. He says that suicidal impulse to destroy becomes even more powerful than the urge to create. Don't let yourself get into that place. Cling to Jesus Christ. Follow his commands. Follow his his spirit's leading. And, and you won't fall away into, into that fearful uh, despair. But he's going to supernaturally hold us up, and, and we're going to love the light as much as we ever have before. That's going to do it for us on this Thursday. On behalf of my best friend and bride, Emily, my name is Chris. Get into the Word of God today and go and serve your King.